Good morning, church. Um, whether you're watching online right now, um, we're excited that you're here. Um, or whether you're going to tune in a little bit later, um, we're just excited that you're here, here to hear the word with us as we open it up. Um, we've been going through this series called Thank You Notes. Um, it's just a season, or it's a series, um, in which we're able, we're going to take some time um, for these last couple weeks. This is the last week that we're doing it, but we want to take some time to just show how to be thankful for certain things. And so Nate kicked us off by uh, giving us these journals. Um, I didn't bring one up here with me, but um, these journals that we're able to record the things that we're thankful for. And he taught us how we can be thank you for thankfulness. And then last week, David got up here and he preached on the Great Commission and taught us how, or told us, how we can be thankful for the mentors in our lives. Those who have walked alongside us for years, mentoring us and teaching us. And he taught us how the Great Commission looks like so much more than sitting on a couch and attending church, or even sitting in a pew and attending church. Um, how it has to be more. It has to be this. That's why he says go. It has to be more active than that. And so now it's my honor, my privilege to be up here on this stage. Um, and my task is I want to show how we can be thankful for 2020. Even the worst parts of 2020, especially the worst parts of 2020, I want to show us how in Scripture I found that we can be thankful for the hard times, the suffering, the worst things that we walk through. And so we're going to be in John chapter 11, um, and it's in these verses that I believe that there's going to be five truths um, that are going to teach us how we can be thankful for these things. And so John chapter 11, I'm going to pray, and then we can dive right in. Father, uh, thank you so much. For this morning. Um, it's another morning that you have made, and so we are thankful for it. Um, even though it's cold, um, we're, we're thankful that this is another day in which we're able to experience you. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the opportunity to open it together. Um, even though we're online and we can't be here in person, God, you provided a way for us to meet still, and so we thank you for that. We love you with everything that we have, with everything that we are, and we trust you and the work that you're going to do. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. All right, John chapter 11. Um, and we're going to start in verses 1 through 4. And it reads, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. As soon as Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick, he said, Don't worry, this illness is not going to lead to death. I'm going to use it. It's going to be a way for me to glorify myself and my Father. And so this is our first truth this morning, that God is able to turn any circumstance into a worship experience. Jesus was going to use this illness to bring glory to himself and to his Father. And this isn't even the first time that he does something like this. In John chapter 9, just a few chapters before this, Jesus and his disciples are walking and they come across a man who was born blind. And the disciples asked this question that now seems like it would be really offensive, but then it was a perfectly rational question. 
um, they come across this man, and the disciples say, Jesus, who had sinned that this man should be born blind? Was it his father, or was it his mother? And now that seems really offensive, but then it made perfect sense, because when you were born blind, or lame, or deaf, or mute, um, you name it, when you were born with these ailments, um, the it was often attributed to the sins of either father or mother. And so the disciples asked Jesus, who, who sinned? Was it his father or his mother? And Jesus said, it was neither. This man was born blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. It's insane. This man was born blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And then Jesus proceeds to heal this man. And then this man gets to go, after he's healed, to go to his family, and he gets to go before the Pharisees even, and give this testimony. And they ask him, they say, who, who healed you? Who healed you? Who healed you? And he says, you know, I don't know, but here's what I do know. I know that I was blind, but now I can see. And he ran out of there worshiping and praising God because he was blind, and now he could see. And so God uses anything. He's able to turn anything, any circumstance, into a chance for us to worship him. That's just the kind of God that we serve. And so I want to encourage us to maybe change our perspective a little bit. Instead of asking God, why are you allowing me to suffer? Why is my family hurting in this way? Why, 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 why did this happen when I asked for it not to? And to maybe start asking God, how? How are you using this right now? How are you using this season, this suffering that I found myself in? How are you using this for my good and for your glory? Because I don't understand. And so how are you doing it? And so we need to change our perspectives a little bit, and I know that's not easy. I know it's not easy as flipping a switch and then boom, we're there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be an uphill battle to be able to see the good amongst the world of bad, to worship when it feels like God's not even present. It's going to be difficult, but can I tell you that that's okay? It's okay to struggle. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to be hurting, to be suffering, and to be questioning. Just don't stay there. Don't stay there because God is so much bigger than any fear, any doubt, any anxiety that we could possibly have. He is so much bigger, and he is so much better, and that's why he says come. Because he knows we're going to struggle. He knows we're going to doubt, but he also knows that with him— all things are possible. He's able to teach us. He's able to show us how through his grace, through his strength alone, we're able to worship our way through these seasons. And so that's why he says, come, let me show you, because I know it doesn't make sense. And he invites us. And so we need to stop asking God, why, why, why? And maybe God, how? How are you using this? Because I know you work in incredible ways, and I know your thoughts are higher than mine, your ways are higher than mine, and so God, I need you to show me how. I need you to teach me how. Looking back at the text, I'm going to pick up in verse 5, and it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he immediately got up and he went, and he healed Lazarus of the sickness that was ailing him. Right? No. That, that's what we want it to say. That's what we expect it to say. That's what we desperately wish that it said, but that's not what it says. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Jesus 
loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus so much that he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And now that leaves us to wrestle with this second truth, that sometimes Jesus loves us enough to let Lazarus die. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to let us walk through seasons of pain and of heartache, because whether we know it or not, whether we can see it or not in the moment, he's doing a work in us that requires us to walk through this season and not around it. He loves us so much that he's going to allow us to walk through these seasons because he wants to do something in us that can't be done if he removes us from this season. This past summer, the summer of 2019, uh, my college minister back home, his name's Ben Woods, and Ben and his wife, Crystal, they posted something on Facebook, um, and they said, our little girl is sick, and so would you please pray? And so myself and a bunch of other people, we prayed. Um, right then and there, as soon as we saw it, we, we prayed, and we said, God, we don't know what's going on, but whatever is going on, we ask that you heal. And some time went by, and he sent out another post on Facebook, and it said, we took her to the hospital because things weren't getting better. And they found out that she had a very rare form of brain cancer. And so they sent out another post telling everyone of this. And so again, a bunch of people, including myself, we, we prayed a little bit harder, a little bit longer when we found that out. And then some time goes by again, and things got better. And we rejoiced in that season. We praised God because she got better. But then they, they sent out another post. And they said, guys, things are not looking good at all. We know things got a little bit better, but things have gotten worse. And so we need your prayers now more than we ever have before. And so this time, I went and I found the, the quietest, most secluded place that I could find. And I dropped to my knees and I prayed myself to tears. I've never prayed like I prayed that day. And I, I guarantee you there were a lot of other people who could say the same thing. And I woke up the next morning. I found out that she had passed away that night. And it hurt. I can't even imagine the hurt that Ben and Crystal were going through, that their family was walking through. I can't even begin to imagine. But it hurt. And I know Ben and Crystal, because um, I heard them talk about this. They said that it, it wasn't easy, <laughs> as, as you can imagine, they struggled, they wrestled, and they doubted. They began to ask questions. They began to ask, God, are you actually who you say you are? Do you keep your promises like we read that you do? And they began to wrestle. They began to doubt. These, these people that I look up to and that have mentored me, they began wrestling with these things. But what stuck out to me the most was even though they wrestled, even though they, they doubted here and there, in the end, they came to the conclusion that, yes, God is indeed who he says he is. He does indeed keep his promises, and they did heal her, just not in the way that we wanted him to. And so sometimes God lets us walk through these seasons because he wants to do something. It may not even look like anything close to what we want, but he wants to do something. And Ben and Crystal, they worshiped their way through that season. They questioned, they doubted, but they fought it with worship. There's videos, it was beautiful, of Ben and Crystal and Calla and their family worshiping in that hospital room. It was beautiful. So maybe your story 
as one like Ben and Crystal's. Maybe you lost someone that you love, and now you're questioning the goodness and the sovereignty of God because he didn't do what you asked. He did something else, and, and now you don't, you don't understand why. I mean, we just experienced this past summer uh, the loss of someone here in this church. Nakota Kelly was killed, and it hurts. It drove our church. It pushed our church into a season of mourning and suffering beyond words. It was so hard to even express the deep hurt that we were feeling as a church. And so maybe your story is one like that, where it's just a pain you can't even begin to express. Or maybe someone you know, someone you love, is sick. And right now, saying that you're sick is way scarier than it ever has been before. And so you're praying for healing, but maybe they're still sick. Or maybe you recently saw a prayer go unanswered, and now prayer just doesn't seem to have the same power, the same effect. It feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling and nothing is happening. But here's what I want you to tell you. Here's what I want you to know. That yes, sometimes Jesus loves us enough to let us walk through these seasons. But be patient. Be patient because God is still on his throne. And as long as he's on his throne, which last I checked was going to be a really, really, really long time. As long as he's still on his throne, he's still working and he's still moving. Even when you can't see it, even when you don't feel it, even when it doesn't even make sense, it doesn't seem possible. He's still moving. He is still working. And so let's go back to scripture because there's more um, that this has to say. And I want to unpack it a little bit. And so as the disciples were packing up to leave to go to Lazarus, some of the disciples decided to remind Jesus, hey, there's people in Judea who want to stone us, or stone you and then us by association. And Jesus' response to them, um, we see in verse uh, 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10, it reads, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And here's, here's what I think Jesus was telling the disciples. You don't need to worry what's going to happen when we get to Judea. You don't need to worry what will happen because you have the light of the world with you. You're not a people walking in darkness. You have the light of the world here with you and you're walking with him. So you don't have to worry what's going to happen when we get there. And this leads us to our third truth this morning. That even in our darkest hours, Jesus is with us. That even in our darkest hours, he not only sees us, but he's with us. My all-time favorite worship leader, um, his name is Sean Curran. And during quarantine earlier this year, um, what he would do is he'd get on Instagram Live, and he'd set it up on his piano, and he'd sit at his piano, and he would just worship. Like before the sun even came up, he would just be sitting there worshiping. And it was beautiful. And I loved waking up to watch these things, to participate in these things even. But in one of these videos, he said this, and it has never felt more relevant than right now. He said, the worst things are never the last things. Everything that erodes and takes away never has the final say. Only life, with a capital L, has that. So you guys hear that? The worst things are never the last things. 
because life has the final say. Jesus gets the final say. And so, yes, sometimes Jesus loves us so much that he's going to allow us to walk through these seasons of pain and of heartache and suffering. But here's what else I know. Here's what I want you to know. That he also loves you way too much to leave you there. He's going to allow you to walk through these things, but he loves you way too much to leave you there. And so, maybe, maybe he has you going through this season because um, he wants you to understand that, hey, I'm still here. (laughs) I know everything has been stripped away. I know everything that you thought you had is now gone. I know, but I'm still here. And so he wants to teach you that he is enough. And maybe you found yourself in a really dark place, in a really dark spot. And here's what I want you to know. That sometimes, most of the time, God does his best work in the dark, in the secret places and in the unknowing. Because that's when he knows you're able to depend on him most, is when he's all you have left, when he's your only option left. He knows that's when you're going to trust him most, and so that's when he does his best work. And so to those who are in Christ, you need not worry what's going to happen. You need not worry what's going to happen because you have the light of the world walking with you. Even in your darkest hours, in your darkest moments, Jesus not only sees you, but he is still with you. Let's, Let's go back to the text again. And I can only imagine the disciples' confusion. We give the disciples a hard time quite often because of the way they don't understand things, but we're, honestly, we're no better. And so Jesus, he says, he tells the disciples, all right, it's time. I'm going to go wake Lazarus up. And the disciples, not understanding, they say, whoa, wait, wait, Jesus, if he's asleep, let him sleep. That means he's going to get better. But then Jesus had to tell them plainly in verses 14 and 15. It reads, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. This is our fourth truth this morning, that God has something better in store for us by allowing us to walk through these seasons. God has something better in store for us by allowing us to walk through these seasons. I have no doubt no doubt at all, that God could pick you up, lift you out of whatever season, whatever darkness, whatever heartache you're walking through. I have no doubt he could lift you up out of that. In the same way that I have no doubt that he could have healed Lazarus with a single word. He didn't have to go. And I have no doubt that he could do that. But in the same way, in the same way that he was glad that he didn't go, so that he could cause the disciples to believe. Because the disciples, they've been walking with Jesus for a little bit now. They'd seen water turn to wine. They'd seen sick people healed. They'd seen a, a man with leprosy touched and healed. They'd seen a lot of incredible, incredible things, but none of those compared to watching a dead man come alive. And so in the same way that Jesus wanted to cause the disciples to believe, and that's why he was glad that he didn't go, maybe he has something for you by allowing you to walk through these seasons. Maybe he has something better for you. And so maybe he has you going through this season because he wants to strengthen your faith in the same way he wanted to strengthen the disciples. Maybe he has you going through this season because he wants to cause you to believe. Because when you come out on the other side, you'll know that there was no possible way that you could have done that 
alone. And so he wants to cause you to believe that he is the one who got you there. Or maybe you found yourself doubting whether or not God is actually the great physician that he says he is. Because you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, and they still got sick. And then you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, and it got worse. And so you found yourself doubting whether or not he is actually the great physician. He, is actually, he actually is who he says he is. And you found yourself confining the miracles of Jesus to the pages of the gospel. And he wants you to know that he's a present tense God. That he is just as present now, he is just as powerful now, and he is still moving now, just as much now as he was then. And so maybe he wants to teach you something. He, he wants to show you something about who he is. And this leads us to our fifth and our final truth this morning, and that is that God wants to teach us something in the midst of our suffering. God wants to teach us something in the midst of our suffering. Jesus, like he does with most, all, just about every single one of his miracles, he, he was teaching something about who he was. When he performed a miracle, he was trying to teach something about who he was. And so this miracle is no different. He's going, he wanted to teach his disciples, and even Martha and Mary, something about who he was. And so if we look back at the text, um, when Jesus was coming into Judea, Martha caught word of it. She caught word that Jesus was coming, and so she got up and she ran out to meet him. And when she got to him, this is what she said in verses 21 through 27. Martha, it reads, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And I can only imagine how Martha said this next phrase. Martha said to him, I know. I know, Jesus. He's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. He wanted Martha to know that although Lazarus had died, that life itself had just showed up. That he was the resurrection, and he was life in its abundance. And he wanted Martha to know that. And he wanted the disciples to know that. And so that's why he was glad. That's why he stayed two days longer. Because he wanted to, them to walk through this season where it felt like there was no, no options. It, it, where it hurt deeper than words. He wanted them to walk through this season so that he could show them that he is the resurrection, and the life. And so, I want to ask you, what is God teaching you? In this season of suffering, in this season of hardship that you found yourself in, what is God teaching you? Maybe you're lonely, like a lot of us have found ourselves with schools closing, being in quarantine, with the church even closing back down. Maybe you found yourself lonely, and these, these feelings are, are creeping in. And Jesus wants you to know that he is an incredible, incredible friend. And he's able to, to sustain you in ways that an earthly relationship couldn't possibly. Or maybe 
you found yourself in a season of depression where even rolling out of bed in the morning is a difficult task. And Jesus wants you to know that, hey, there is more, so much more to this life than that. There is more in me. And he wants you to know that he is the author and the perfecter of perfect joy and perfect peace. And he says, just come. Let me show you. Let me, let me walk with you through this because I want you to know that there is more. And I want to be the one to show you how. Or maybe, maybe you did see a prayer go unanswered. And now you're doubting the goodness of God. You're doubting if he, he is actually a good, good father because he didn't heal. He didn't answer this prayer in the way that you wanted him to. And so you're doubting whether or not he is who he says he is. And he's teaching you that he has something better. He had something better in store for you. You just can't understand it because his ways and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. But he wants you to know that, hey, there's, there's more. I was doing something that you couldn't understand then. But, but I want you to understand now. And so why, why do we walk through these seasons of pain, of suffering, and of heartache? I wish I could say, turn to this book, turn to this chapter, read this verse, and there's your end-all, be-all answer. I wish it was that simple. But I've just found that it's not that simple. Because we live, we live in a fallen and in a broken and in a sinful world where bad things happen. But I know that we serve a God who's able to take those bad things that happen and then work them for his good and for his glory. He's able to turn them around entirely. He's done it all throughout Scripture. He used terrible people to accomplish his purposes. He used terrible events to get to the heart of people. God is able to use these terrible situations, these terrible events that we find ourselves in, and use them not only for our good, but for his glory. And that's incredible, because that's the kind of God that we serve. All of creation is groaning, and we're groaning with it. But we take hope, and we take joy in the fact that we serve a God who's able to use even those terrible situations and, and use them in such a way that we are benefited, and that he is glorified. And so, here's what I want you to do. Be patient in these seasons. Be patient in whatever you're walking through, because he is still speaking, he is still teaching, he is still moving. You just have to wait. And I know waiting is hard. I know waiting is tough. But wait, because he is teaching, he is moving, and he is working. And he is just that kind of God who's able to take that situation that you found yourself in and turn it around for his good. And so, yeah, sometimes God loves us enough to let us walk through a season of hardship and of suffering, but he loves you way too much to leave you there, and he's going to teach you what he was doing in those seasons. And so here's what I want to do to close. If you have those thank you journals, um, I want you to get those out. If you don't have one, you can still pick them up out front of the church out front of the offices. But if you don't have one, get out a pen, get out a pencil, get out the notes on your phone, whatever you have to do. And I want you to write something down. In that journal, I want you to write a situation, uh, something that has caused you intense grief, intense suffering, intense heartache. And I want you to write it down. And then I want you to write two of the biggest words in the Bible. But God. Whatever, whatever that thing is, after it, I want you to write, but God. 
And maybe you already know. You know, this is my thing. Here's exactly what God did. And you, you got it easy. And you write it in there. That's awesome. Praise God for that. Maybe you have your situation and you wrote that in. And you wrote, but God. But you don't know how God worked then. That's okay. I want you to write, but God. An expectation that he's going to reveal that to you. And then I want you to pray about it. And I want you to seek his heart. And I want you to find out how he was working in that season. Maybe. Maybe you have um, your situation. Or maybe you're walking through that situation right now. I want you to write that in there. Whatever it is, I want you to write it in there. And then I want you to write, but God. An expectation and a knowing that he is doing something. And he is revealing it to you. And so wherever you are, whether you've already got it, whether you're, you did walk through it and you don't know, or whether you're currently walking through it, I want you to write those words, but God. And then I want you to pray about it. And I want you to figure out what he was teaching you. And I know it seems absolutely insane, completely radical, to thank God for terrible things that have happened in our lives. But we're able to do it because we serve a God who is bigger than those things and who uses those things. Whether they came from him or not, he uses them for our good and for his glory because that's the kind of God that he is. He is still on his throne. He is still moving. He is still working. He is still teaching, even when we don't see it even when we don't feel it. And so that is why we say thank you, because he is still on his throne. And so there are infinite things to be grateful for, even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. So that's your challenge for this week. Moving forward, you have those journals. Keep being thankful for difficult situations, because through Christ we're able to. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll worship. Father, I thank you so much, so, so much. And it seems insane, but I thank you for the difficult things that you allow us to walk through. Because in these difficult things, you are present. You are working and you are moving. And so while it doesn't make sense, God, we say thank you. And we worship you because you are the God who is moving and who is working right now even in 2020, with all of the terrible things that have happened. God, we love you with everything that we have because you have given us so many reasons to do so. And God, we, we trust you with everything that we have because we see in Scripture that you are trustworthy always. And so thank you for allowing us to walk through these seasons because in them you are drawing us closer to your heart. And we thank you for that. God, we love you. We trust you. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.